Hello and welcome to Meiwei's Chinese Medicine Matters podcast, where we share traditional Chinese medicine news, research, and topics relevant to TCM practitioners and students. I'm Lauren Koffel, and in today's episode, William McLean will be discussing insomnia and stabilizing the Shenanhun. William McLean is a graduate of the New South Wales College of Natural Therapies with a Diploma of Traditional Chinese Medicine in 1987, and the University of Technology, Sydney, Masters of Science in Traditional Chinese Medicine in 2004. Will interned at the Red Cross Hospital in Hangzhou, China, and apprenticed for several years under the renowned Chris Madden. In addition to the Clinical Handbook series, Will is the author of several works on Chinese medicine, including the Clinical Manual of Chinese Herbal Patent Medicines and the Clinical Handbook of Chinese Herbs. Will has taught widely in Australia, Europe, and the U.S. And while recently retired from nearly 30 years of clinical practice, maintains an ongoing interest in the development of strategies for the understanding and treatment of chronic infection, lingering pathogens. And chronic inflammatory disorders. Insomnia is difficulty sleeping. As used here, the term includes not only the inability to sleep, but also difficulty falling asleep, frequent waking, restlessness at night, a disordered sleep cycle, and dream-disturbed sleep. Normal sleep for adults averages between seven to nine hours per night, with the timing, duration. An internal structure of the sleep varying considerably amongst apparently healthy individuals, and as a function of age, assessment of a patient complaining of sleep problems should distinguish true insomnia from the transitory insomnia due to external or temporary changes such as ambient noise, inappropriate bedroom temperatures, consumption of coffee or other stimulants prior to bedtime, pets, eating late, screen time, and so on and so forth. In Chinese medicine, insomnia is primarily associated with instability or agitation of the psychological aspects of the heart and liver organ systems, the shen and hun. This can occur because the shen and hun are not adequately anchored and secured due to insufficiency of blood or yin from overstimulation or agitation by heat that prevents the shen and hun from settling quietly when the time for comes for sleeping. Because the shen and hun are constrained and agitated by qi and blood stasis, and/or phlegm, or because the yin and yang are out of balance, with an excess of yangness interfering with the yin resting phase of the daily cycle. The etiology of chronic insomnia is often multifaceted and can be quite complex, involving factors such as normal everyday stresses and strains, the diet and medications, drug and alcohol use. The presence of persistent pathogens in the system, the after-effects of both physical and emotional trauma, and the resetting of the internal clock by work habits such as rotating shift work, the demands of new babies, and any other activity which disrupts the yin-yang cycle of sleeping and waking. This resetting of the internal clock is an important contributing factor in many cases of insomnia, as the conditions for that disruption are embedded in the modern world. And some active retraining is usually necessary to correct it. Failure of a treatment to proceed sufficiently or adequately is sometimes due to a failure to address the resetting of the internal clock. 
The treatment of insomnia can be quite tricky because in many cases a sustained and satisfactory result requires a multifaceted strategy. Simply identifying a Chinese medical pattern and giving the appropriate herbal formula is often insufficient. Patients may get some relief but then revert back to the previous sleep disturbance or prove resistant to treatment altogether. When this happens and the simple rules of sleep hygiene are being observed, it's usually because the resetting of the internal clock is not being addressed. So the three pillars of treatment, especially in long-term and difficult cases of insomnia, are to address the presenting pattern with herbs and or acupuncture, to reset the internal clock, this is usually done with acupuncture and I'll talk more about that in a moment, and to practice sleep hygiene. In fact, the practice of sleep hygiene is simply another way of encouraging the internal clock to reset and involves things like establishing a regular bedtime routine, avoiding daily naps, having some daily exercise, but non-vigorous exercise close to bedtime. No stimulants for a couple of hours before bed, including things like alcohol, caffeinated drinks, tobacco, video games, and ideally no stimulating visual activity from screens, phones, the television, and so on. Also, no large meals within a few hours of sleep, keeping pets out of the bedroom, keeping the bedroom as dark as possible and maintaining a comfortable room temperature and appropriate bed coverings for the season. These are all very commonsensical considerations, but they make a big difference when it comes to retraining the body back to a more healthy, natural cycle. It's very important to understand this internal clock or the circadian rhythm and address it as appropriate because this seems to be where a lot of treatments fall down. Once the internal clock is out of whack, if it's not set right, whatever, whatever other treatments are applied aren't going to be particularly effective. So let's look at the internal clock. Of course, humans are governed by cycles, just like every other organism on the planet. The primary influence is the rising and setting of the sun. For millions of years, our ancestors' behaviour was governed by this. We tended to rise when the sun rose in the morning, and slept when it set. This established the baseline internal clock, which we all still carry with us. In Chinese medicine terms, we become more young, that is, active and alert, as the young phase of the daily cycle starts, and more yin, that is, quiet, restful, internalised and inactive, as the yin phase develops. By continuing yang activity into the yin phase which we do all the time now with lights and screens, all of which is information that has to be processed, yet another yang activity, persistently, the internal clock is gradually pushed out of balance. So in some senses, chronic insomnia can be considered to be learned behaviour, as the internal clock that governs when things are supposed to happen shifts away from the optimum, pushed away by this deleterious and persistent behaviour. So many of our processes are governed by this internal clock, circadian rhythm, including things like digestion, secretion of various hormones, reproductive cycles, and of course, as here, sleep patterns. In Chinese medicine terms, it's mostly the liver that governs these cycles, and the liver that is mostly affected when the cycles are interfered with. Millions of years of evolution have determined these internal cycles, but they're easily thrown out of whack by modern life. And if these cycles are consistently ignored or disregarded by staying up late, staring at flashing lights, doing shift work, digestive terms, skipping meals, eating at odd times and so on, the internal clock gradually gets reset and a new normal gets established. 
So instead of the sleep cycle and the shutdown phase commencing as the in phase of the evening begins, say for example at around 7pm, it might be pushed back into the middle of the night or even into the young phase so that people are wired and awake at night but sleepy and chronically tired during the day. Resetting the internal clock is a type of physiological retraining and, like any training, it requires persistent and regular effort to achieve. If you go to the gym once in a blue moon, nothing much happens, but if you go three times a week for a month, strength and fitness will definitely improve. Resetting the internal clock is similar, and it's done bit by bit over the course of a few weeks, or perhaps longer, in very long-standing cases. To reset the internal clock, it's acupuncture that really shines. A course of closely spaced treatments, usually a minimum of 10 over a three to five week period is required, gently nudge the system back to normality. In conjunction, of course, with the appropriate sleep hygiene procedures and any other appropriate treatment that should be applied. Essentially what we're doing when we do this is restoring the internal environment to a state of homeostasis. In Chinese medicine terms, making sure that the flow of qi and blood is regular and unimpeded. And in my opinion, it's this that is the key to long-term success uh, in insomnia treatment. Correcting whatever patterns that we find is also essential, of course. And that's what uh, I'll talk about next. But before I do, how does one go about resetting the internal clock? Well, there's no special trick to it. It's simply a matter of treating what you see, but doing it frequently and for a full course. In my opinion, it's the frequency and number of treatments that has the main effect. In addition to whatever treatment is appropriate, just make sure to address the heart and liver systems. So if it's the qi that needs to be moved, points from the liver and heart and or pericardium channels, for example, the obvious ones, liver 3, pericardium 6, heart 7, yin tongue and so on, nothing special should be used. If heart and spleen qi needs to be strengthened, then the obvious points like stomach 36, CV12, pericardium 6 and so on will be used. Just do what is appropriate, but do it frequently and persistently. Now this physiological retraining is not always necessary, of course. In cases of more recent onset insomnia, for example, say following an incompletely resolved pathogenic invasion leading to a lingering pathogen, for example, when a patient has persistent sleep problems following a nasty flu or other acute infection, insomnia can often be resolved quite quickly with herbs alone. But in the typical, more long-standing cases that we tend to see in clinic, especially those that have been treated with tranquilizers or other medications, both the pattern and the internal clock must be attended to for a lasting result. There are around eight main patterns of insomnia, each with some variations. But in my practice, I tend to see just a few over and over again. These are the cheek constraint type and its common complications, chin blood deficiency, which mostly affects the heart and spleen, disruption of the heart-kidney axis and the various indeficient variants that flow from that, and stomach disharmony. The cheek constraint pattern of insomnia is very common and is due to disruption to the distribution and smooth flow of qi, which restrict the movement of the shen and the hun. The hindered anima then become agitated and unable to settle into sleep during the yin phase of the daily cycle. The base pathology of qi constraint gives rise to common complications that compound the sleep disturbance. 
The most common is blood deficiency, frequently seen in women due to the specifics of female physiology, mostly younger women of reproductive age. When the blood is deficient, it also fails to anchor the shen, which then becomes more sensitive to disturbances by the cheek constraint. Prolonged cheek constraint also generates heat or fire, which also tends to stimulate and irritate the shen at night, preventing it from resting. Cheek constraint type insomnia has a marked emotional component. The sleep that does occur tends to be light and the patient is easily woken. There may be vivid dreaming or dream disturbed sleep with waking in the early hours of the morning, typically between 1 and 3 a.m. The sleep disturbance tends to be worse with stress when the patient is emotional or upset and premenstrually. These patients tend to be irritable, moody or depressed and often suffer from marked muscle tension, particularly in the upper back and neck, also in the jaw. They frequently experience teeth grinding at night. When the cheek constraint is complicated by blood deficiency, these patients tend to have particular difficulty falling off to sleep and suffer from a lot of mental anguish uh, and worry as they toss and turn before going to sleep. They also tend to postural dizziness, some anxiety, palpitations, light menstrual periods or prolonged menstrual cycles. When cheek constraint is complicated by heat, the insomnia tends to be pretty bad with frequent waking, again typically around 1 to 3 a.m., with a racing mind, restlessness, and maybe feeling hot. There are vivid dreams or nightmares. These patients are very irritable and prone to anger and will tend to look somewhat flushed or red with red, sore, irritated eyes, bad taste in the mouth, and substantial tooth grinding. As far as treatment is concerned, for the basic cheek constraint pattern, um, acupuncture is generally sufficient and a course of treatments to reset the internal clock will generally produce a fairly good result. When the cheek constraint is complicated by blood deficiency, herbs become an essential feature of the treatment. And simple formulas like Swanzao Rentung or Shayasan are essential additions to the treatment. When there's heat or fire, it needs to be cleared away as well. And this can be achieved with formulas such as Jiawei Shayasan. Because the main problem in all of these cases is the cheek constraint, acupuncture plays a major role in the treatment because that's what acupuncture does, it moves the chi. And the more acupuncture is applied and the more frequently it's applied, the more smoothly and regularly the chi tends to flow. This is the physiological retraining that I was talking about before. Depending on the duration of the condition and any other complicating factors that are beyond the control of the practitioner, these patients do tend to do very well um, and insomnia can be managed fairly well within six to eight weeks in most cases. A slightly more complicated situation involving cheek constraint is when any heat that's been generated by the cheek constraint damages the yin. This tends to result in a more uh, profound and prolonged type of insomnia. But again, it can be addressed using regular acupuncture and a formula to replenish the yin and gently move the qi, such as yi guan jian. The second common pattern of insomnia is qi and blood deficiency, in particular heart blood and spleen qi deficiency, again predominantly affecting women of reproductive age. This type of insomnia tends to cause a fairly persistent insomnia because the shen and the hun 
are not adequately anchored and, and contained, and so remain active when they should be settling down into the yin phase of the daily cycle. This type of insomnia is characterised by particular difficulty falling asleep and switching off the mind, or very dream-disturbed sleep. Some patients can wake feeling anxious or panicky, or with palpitations. The insomnia may be intermittent, improving when the patient rests and becoming worse when the patient is overtired or with exertion. These patients tend to look pale, with pale lips, conjunctiva and nail beds. They're tired all the time, typically worse at the end of the day. They suffer from postural dizziness and various gastrointestinal disturbances such as lack of appetite, abdominal distension after eating and perhaps loose stools. Typically, because the spleen is weak, they also can suffer from easy bruising or heavy or prolonged menstrual periods. As far as treatment of heart and spleen deficiency type insomnia is concerned, herbs are essential. And in addition to any acupuncture treatments aimed at resetting the internal clock, a formula such as the wonderful Guapi Tongue can be employed specifically to treat the uh, insomnia. This type of insomnia tends to take somewhat longer to treat successfully and for a sustained result because the qi and blood have to be replenished and that takes some time in association of course with a nourishing and qi and blood and building diet. The third most common pattern is disruption to the heart and kidney axis which is a type of heart and kidney qi and yin deficiency. Disruption or weakness of the heart kidney axis is a fairly common pattern of insomnia especially in an older, older age group, generally over 50 years. It can, however, be seen in younger patients following a severe shock or trauma or periods of intense stimulant drug use. Now, the heart-kidney axis is normally a very robust qi dynamic, critical in maintaining thermoregulation. This is the water-fire relationship, the balance of yin and yang in the body in general, and the stability of the shen, because the heart-kidney axis is so critical in maintaining the normal functioning of the mind and body, it's quite hard to disrupt it, hence the intensity of the trauma required to disrupt it in younger people. It does tend to become weaker with age, however, especially when compounded by overwork, uh, stimulant or other medication or drug use, other illnesses, in particular those with a high fever, or very stressful, worrisome life. Patients with heart-kidney axis disruption display varying proportions of qi and yin deficiency, which can change the clinical picture quite substantially. The insomnia itself is relatively severe, or sleep is very restless and fitful. Patients tend to wake feeling agitated or anxious, or maybe with palpitations. They generally show at least some features of yin deficiency, generalised dryness of the skin, hair, eyes, mouth and throat, dry stools or constipation, some degree of heat in the hands and feet, warm dry palms, some facial flushing perhaps, sporadic night sweats occasionally, or low-grade fevers in the evening. In addition to the sleep problems, the disturbance to the shen is reflected in memory problems, forgetfulness or inability to concentrate. Depending on the mix of yin and qi deficiency, the tongue, which is an important diagnostic feature here, can vary quite considerably. In practice, most people seem to fall somewhere in the middle, giving rise to a slightly red, dry tongue with little or no coat, which is often redder at the tip, and with multiple surface cracks. Now, unless initiated by a severe shock or a trauma, in which case 
uh, the heart-kidney axis disruption can be more acute, it generally takes a long time to develop, and therefore treatment takes time as well, as the qian yin have to be replenished and the heart and kidneys reconnected. In combination with appropriate acupuncture to reset the internal clock, which is critical here, a prescription that facilitates this process is essential. The ideal formula for re-establishing the heart-kidney axis while replenishing qian yin and calming the shen is the marvellous Tianwang Bushin Dan. The whole treatment process will likely take several months for a sustained result. For more information on the fascinating heart-kidney axis and its many ramifications, more information can be found in the Clinical Handbook of Internal Medicine. The fourth pattern that I tend to see is called stomach disharmony. Now, this is not an infrequent cause of insomnia, particularly in societies where overeating, eating poorly or eating irregularly is common. Stomach disharmony is a type of food stagnation, and the pathology revolves around the fact that there is always some unprocessed material in the upper digestive tract, which, like a compost heap, generates a degree of heat. In this case, the proximity of the stomach and the heart enables this heat to rise and disturb the shen, which then interferes with sleep. In cases where insomnia is the main feature, there may be other features or symptoms of food stagnation, such as heartburn, belching, upper abdominal distension and bad breath, but in practice in many cases these have been diminished so much into the background that patients are so used to them they don't even notice them anymore. And the only obvious feature other than the sleep problem, in my experience, is a very thick tongue coat. The history, the dietary history in particular, here is the other major clue to this pathology. Treatment, of course, primarily involves regulating the diet and the way food is consumed. But the stagnation itself can be assisted by a prescription that corrects the middle burner qi dynamic, such as the wonderful Yueju Wan. In this situation, resetting the internal clock may or may not be necessary, which should always be considered, of course, especially in long-standing cases. And finally, there are times when patients, mostly younger patients, present with insomnia but little in the way of an identifiable pattern or with features that are so vague as to be very hard to tease a pattern out of it. Their only problem is difficulty sleeping and otherwise seem well. Once all the other contributing factors, medications, drugs, noisy neighbours and so on, have been accounted for, and a basic qi-moving strategy has not had the desired effect, then my experience, a blood-moving strategy, typically using a formula such as the fabulous Shuifu Jiyutang, should be employed. In such cases, this powerful treatment often has a surprisingly profound effect. Similarly, a blood-moving strategy can be applied when all other obvious treatments having been given, and given sufficient time and persistence, are just not working or producing the results that you think they should be. Again, when all else fails, move the blood, is my experience. And sometimes you'll see quite surprisingly good results as a result of that. For more information, a lot more information, on insomnia and many, many other commonly presenting diseases in the Chinese Medicine Clinic, please see the Clinical Handbook of Internal Medicine. More information. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode on Stabilizing the Shen and Hun with William McLean. 
If you would like to read the information that was mentioned, you can find the written article linked in the episode description. And please subscribe to the show. It's a great way to show your support and to hear when our next episodes come out. In our upcoming episode, licensed acupuncturist Janet Borges will discuss acupuncture treatment strategies to support the Shen. Until then, take good care of yourself and your patients. Chinese medicine matters, and so do you. Hi everyone, Lauren here again, wishing you a happy and healthy May. As many of you know, Chinese Medicine Matters is the podcast of Mayway Herbs, a TCM online store and dispensary where practitioners can ship directly to their patients. This month on Chinese Medicine Matters, we're focusing on women's health. We'll explore a wide array of topics related to women's health at different stages of life. So stay tuned for informative episodes you won't want to miss. And we're excited to offer a special discount on our Women's Health Formulas category the entire month of May. Practitioners use code WOMEN24 at checkout on mayway.com to receive a 15% discount. And remember to sign up for the Mayway Herbs newsletter for exclusive content and ongoing promotions. The episode description includes a link to sign up. And thanks again for tuning in and supporting Real Chinese Medicine.